Welcome to the Grafted Family Podcast, where we, Tom and Dawn, have conversations around marriage, family, wholeness, and everything in between. Grab your cup of coffee and come and join us. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Grafted Family. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about owning your stuff. It's a big one. It is a big one. It's a goodie. How you love? It's been a rough two weeks. <laughs> I feel like we say that every Thursday. I think if we go back, we're going to see. It was rough. Hi, it was rough. <laughs> Guys, we're finding this lockdown hard. Uh, I know I know, not everybody feels like they're in lockdown anymore, but, you know, we've got four kids, so we're still trying to avoid getting into the car and going anyway. Um, that yeah. it, does, it does make it hard. Yeah. And some of them have got high-pitched voices, and I struggle with high pitches at times. <laughs> <laughs> at times. It might sound weird, but... The whole point of this is also to be vulnerable and just to say how life is. And it's not always super rosy and hmm. wonderful. And yeah, I think sometimes we, we look like we are quite glossy and shiny on the outside. And I think the reality is... We don't feel glossy and no, shiny on the inside. No. I think sometimes we have really tough days. Today was a tough day. Yeah, It was rough. We almost didn't do this tonight. No, it's but late. But we're here and it's late. But it's awesome. We're glad to be here. So owning our stuff, or owning your stuff... I think, tell us a little bit about why we've come to this topic. So, I've just, well, I think we have noticed that over the last couple of months, one of the things that has really come to the surface is the pressures on marriages and just how people are struggling in this time where they can't go out, they can't yeah. unpack, they can't debrief, they, they're around people. And this, this idea of, of families being together and you know, always connected is it, so key, but I think we often forget that there are many families that rely on the Monday to Friday to get out, mm. to almost avoid avoid and, yeah. and to make it possible to survive yeah. their marriage, if you, if you can, in, in, in the week, and get out and, you know, you love your spouse and it's just, it's like a pressure cooker at home and you, you go out and you come back and that's not healthy, but... The fact that you're going out almost masks it, yes. Um, and so you don't really, you don't really feel it as much. And I think the last four months you haven't been able to go out, so it's yeah. all just been there. It's it's just been non-stop. And I think that that constant presence, constant awareness of the those cracks. the cracks and those yeah. issues. I think those gaps have gotten bigger. Yeah. And just hearing more and more about marriages who are struggling, families who are suffering. Um, husbands and wives not knowing what to do on the brink of divorce and I think it comes down to we're, we've been in lockdown people have been forced to be in smaller spaces the cracks that were there the pressure that's now been applied stuff has come to the surface stuff that was always there and we should always manage it and handle it and deal with it because it's our mm -hmm. stuff but we've never had to because we sort of reach this level of, of pressure and then we go out or we reach it again, and then we've got something else that takes our focus off, takes our time away. Yeah. Um, and we've got other pressures in that. But I think this specifically, this this time, has shown people that, hey, maybe there's stuff we need to work on, and I don't yeah. know how to work on it. And I, th I think sometimes it's the first place to start when you're working on anything is yourself. Yeah. Um, that's the only thing you really have control over. It's the only thing you over. have control over, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so this is where we came to owning your stuff. And that's not to say that... You're still maybe living with someone difficult, things are still hard, but if we can start healing ourselves, Ask, yeah. 
it's a step in the right direction. That's not to say that everything's going to be fixed. It's not to say that you're going to wake up tomorrow mm. and, you know, everything's going to be rosy. It's just to say that this is the first step in the healing process yeah. is looking at us yeah. and how what I need to work on. Yeah. What am I bringing to the party? And I think, yeah. I think given the, the current reality around the world, this, this is not sort of one of the situations where it's like, you're you're in an in an abusive relationship. So what are you doing to cause the abuse? That that's not about owning your stuff. You know that's not no. the pressures that we're talking about in no. lockdown. Um, this is more about I bring something to the the table and I I need to look at that yeah. and and work it out. Yeah. Um, it's it's not about abusive marriages. It's not about um, people in difficult situations. And it's also not about minimizing that some people's stuff is really really big. Yeah, and it's it's not as easy as I just own it. The owning it can look very different and can be quite complex and layered and quite a severe process for some people. Yeah. Um. So not so just so people don't think that, you know, you oh you're saying own your stuff. It's a little bit too simplistic to say that. You know, there's we do understand that sometimes it's very difficult, and sometimes. It's not about owning us. Sometimes there are genuine relationships yeah. that are toxic and you perhaps shouldn't be in it. Okay, so we've sort of put a bit of a, a disclaimer in there. But looking at, at what owning your stuff is, what, what, does it, what does it mean? Well, I think it starts with us recognizing the wounds that we have. Mm. Most of us, this would have started in childhood, um, not to say that we don't have wonderful families, but we don't come out of those families without a certain amount of wounds. No. Um, behavior patterns that we've lived yeah. with or ways of thinking that we've brought from those families into this, this new relationship. Yeah. And I think that's important that wounds don't come from that big baddie in the movies it's out to get no. you. Wounds often, and what makes them hard to deal with sometimes, is that they often come from those closest to you and those people who are not meaning to wound you often. Yes, yeah. yeah. And I think what happens is we become the walking wounded. Mm. So we enter into these relationships. Without realizing it, we get triggered by things that the other person does, things that are said to us, and those triggers take us to an extreme reaction. Yeah that maybe isn't called for. Give us an example. Uh-oh. Did I just say that? <laughs> um, I did. Okay. You don't have to. No. Let me just say that this is a very small... I do have an example. Um, <laughs> but it's, it, it's a silly example. But it is an example of what a trigger looks like. So that's what we're saying. Here we, we're just saying you may be triggered. You may have an extreme reaction and here's a very small example of what that could look like. So a couple of years ago, I walked into the kitchen. Now we're talking about marriage here. So it was Tom and I we were in the kitchen and I don't know what I'd been doing. I've been running or whatever. Probably wasn't running. Who knows? And, um, and Tom walked past me and he said, you need to go put some deodorant on. It does not sound like something I'd say. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. He's my husband. He's allowed to tell me to put deodorant on. I mean, thank goodness that he can tell me to put deodorant on. Could you imagine if I went out and he hadn't said anything? <laughs> the point in this story, though, is 
I reacted very badly to him telling me to put deodorant on. I can't remember exactly. I mean, I think we got into a big fight. I can't remember. I, I think I, mean, I blocked actually, it out. I don't think he remembers this incident. I think I've dissociated incident. the whole incident. But eventually what I do know is I, I was in my room and I suddenly started going, what is the big deal? Why are you? I knew. And here's the thing. When you are triggering, you know that you're overreacting. Or maybe you don't know that you're overreacting. But this is, again, where a little bit of self-awareness comes into it. And yeah. it does. It takes practice. It takes practice to become yeah. self-aware. The point is, when I started getting curious, and this is where we have to go, we have to start asking why about ourselves. Why am I thinking this way? Why am I feeling this? Why am I overreacting? And when I started asking myself that... I suddenly had this realization that I had grown up in a family with three brothers mm. and I had a big issue with not feeling feminine. I often felt like I was not the feminine one in the group, you know, not the girly girl, not the one that did my nails and had got my hair done and wore dresses and I actually had quite an issue with my own femininity and so when Tom had said "Mm, you should put deodorant on I was thinking oh my word I'm not the only one that has an issue with my femininity (laughs) now my husband is questioning whether I am actually a girl or if I'm just a stinky boy There you go. That is, that's it. It's silly, but it's real. This is fun. Have I got triggers? <laughs> Tom does have a trigger. Ooh, what, what is it? Okay. So when we walk into a toy shop with our kids, I've already asked him to chase this why. So he's got a bit of chasing to do. Oh, okay. When we go into, to, into toy stores with our kids, and this happens, I can hands down, it happens every time. We go in and we say... This is going to be fun. We're going to let the kids look around. It's going to be, you know, whatever. We, we prep ourselves up. You know, it's going to be a fun little outing. Why not take the kids into a toy store? Home alone too. That's, uh, that's yeah. what we're thinking. And guess who has the meltdown every time? It's not the kids. It's Tom. He does. He has the meltdown every time. Because our kids start to bargain with him. But dad, I've got this much money in my bank. And please, can I just buy this thing? Now, I'm the one that goes, okay, it's 50 Uh, bucks. Let them buy it. Every time, hands down, he walks out of that shop so grumpy. It's because he never let me buy myself a toy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm, going to scratch this. Let's scratch that. I'm not right now. Oh, okay. I'm I'm going to. No, I think you should. (laughs) I'm going to. I mean, it it obviously comes down to the finances. It it comes down to, we have had this discussion. He wants the kids to be wise with their money. Oh, yeah, right now. (laughs) (laughs) The point is, when your reactions to things are extreme, there is always an underlying why. Yes, okay. I'm with you. So... How do we, okay, so, so we've, we've, something's happened, so in the context of what's happening now and marriages that are, are struggling, a couple has a situation and there's an abnormal response to perhaps a normal situation, because marriages are filled with, with, yes. with stress, it's, it just is what it is sometimes, yeah. um, and when, when something happens and we're triggered and we have this abnormal response, 
now we're going to chase the why. And um, how do we climb out of that? So we're in this situation and some other husband has said his wife is, needs to put some, some deodorant on, you know, and, and, the, and the home explodes and there's this mushroom cloud. How do we climb out of that? You know, is, is it the husband or is it the wife? Is it a combination? How do, how do we work through this? And, and this, is a, this is a, we're laughing about this. I can't remember the situation, but there are some severe situations. And at the moment as well, there are some massive triggers that, yes. you know, are really being yeah. switched on and causing massive rifts. And there's, there's, a, there's, there's past coming into things. There's mistakes. There's, there's all sorts of stuff that is being brought into the now. Mm. And and perhaps we didn't know about it or spouses didn't know about it, but now it's happened. There's this mushroom cloud. What do we do now? Yeah, I think that's a good question. And, and this these are just lighthearted explanations, but yeah. there are very real situations where husbands and wives are triggering each other every day. Yeah. Where there are daily explosions, where there are daily fights. And the place to start is to stop, is to Take a step back and to ask yourself the question, why does this keep happening? If you know that you are in a pattern with your husband or your wife where the same fights are happening, the same conversations Mm. are coming up, and this is, I think, where we tend to get in these marriage ruts. It's we just can't seem to get out of this fight. It always seems to be the same issue. Yes, why does this always come up? And that is the point where you ask where you get curious about yourself and you say, why? Why this fight? Why this specific area? Why is this always coming up? Yeah. Because guarantee the answer is not on the surface. The answer is not, it's not that it's a fight between the two of you, yeah. although it seems like it in the moment. Marriage is not about me against you. It's about us together sorting out something. And I think when we can both step back together... And we can start asking, okay, why is this thing always coming yeah. up? We can start to unpack those layers because I guarantee those layers haven't just come from this relationship. The no, layers no, are not just the last 10 years of no, your marriage. No. The layers are, it's years and years of history that you've brought in with yeah, you. And you possibly haven't made sense of yet. Exactly. Because. It's making and it's making sense mm. of that. How do I make sense of this thing that keeps yeah. coming up? There's got to be something more. Yeah. And I think we we are big proponents of the idea of connected parenting and just basically, I suppose, connected relationships. And the idea that when you see a, a child is having a certain behavior, we, we don't look at the behavior. The behavior is the response to a particular need. Yeah. So to find out what that need is, we have to ask why. Yeah. We have to we have to chase the why. Mm. So when a kid uh, has a certain blow up or responds in a certain way to whatever the situation, we don't just look at the behaviour and go, "This child is ABC." We ask, "Why did that cause the child to do A, B, and C?" Mm. And then that 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 position of chasing the why, asking the why to um, uncover the need then gets you to the real the, yeah. the real solution and I think that's with with what we're talking about now is you got to ask the why yeah you have to go back and say yes there's needs that perhaps at some point have not been met and how do we get to the to the real issue we don't look at the explosion we don't look at the mushroom cloud we we also don't even necessarily look at the trigger mm. we look at the why behind the trigger 
Yeah. And I suppose it's sitting back and going, why did that mm. thing why that is you it did? Every time he does this, I just yes, that rage, that explosion, that whatever, that intense feeling yeah. that comes with it. Like why, why is this controlling me right yeah. now? And I think that's one of the interesting things when we look at owning your stuff and understanding that some of that stuff is 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 based in trauma, yeah. things that you've experienced, and and often we see a response from somebody that can be just outlandish and just just crazy over the top. And I think one of the things that we, we need to remember and remind ourselves is that often anger is is masquerading um, as, as sadness mm. and rage actually is covering up fear. So in in that lighthearted scenario that we had with, with you, it was rage. Oh yeah, I was angry. But the thing is the the real emotion was fear. Yeah. Fear that what you had felt for so long was now coming true, that you were that person that you'd wished you would not become. Yeah. It wasn't just that, you know, you know, I'm 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 angry now, I'm sad, you know, because mm. this happened. In those sort of situations is actual is rage. And when you get to that level of, whoa, yeah, where's that coming from? The connection because of trauma that that, that fear projects itself into a space that actually looks like rage. Mm. So it's actually not the rage, it's the fear. And you get there from chasing the why. Yeah. Okay. So after we've chased the why, where do we go from there? I think what is very important is is understanding that we've normalized a lot of things in our lives and in our marriages and just in society in general. Ah, it happens. Yeah. Um, So now when, when we're dealing with this situation during lockdown, marriages imploding, and then the, the the possibility of divorce comes on the table, and we sit there going, oh, you know, it it, it happens, and we've normalised it, and, and we forget we forget the the gravity of of divorce. We I think often we forget what it does, mm. and just how generationally devastating it can be. You know, if you don't deal with it, or if mm. it's not possible to prevent it. Um, obviously, some situations it isn't possible. Um, but I, I'm very certain there are certain things we, we can work through. And so I think if, if you get to the place where, like, I've chased the why, this is, this is the why behind the behavior, then you actually need to, quite frankly, get over yourself, get vulnerable yeah. with your spouse, mm-hmm. and start working through it. And if you need somebody to, to work through it with you, and I'm not making light of, of people's issues when I say get over yourself, but I think we often don't want to go there. Yeah. We don't want to go there because it's messy, and I'd rather gloss over the mess. You know, we actually need to sit in the mess. Mm. We need to sit in that mess and not have, like last week, some toxically positive person come to you and say, oh, <laughs> it's not that rubbish. Sometimes it is messy, yeah. and we need to sit in it together mm. and say, can we work this out? And if we can't work it out together, then get somebody else into this space yeah. and put your pride, take it out your pocket, put it on the table, mm. and go, we need to have a full go at this and see if we can fix it. And um, I think, guys, absolutely, this idea of going to see a therapist or unpacking mental stuff, emotional mm-hmm. challenges with a professional is actually wonderful because the, the, the mere fact that somebody else tells you something that you already know to be true almost gives you permission yeah. to feel it. Yeah. And that that helps you move through the, the problem and, and, and sort of, gives you tools to, to, to grapple with the why and where to from here. So I think what is key is 
being massively vulnerable, mm. and both sides, not just, well, buddy, you know, you're mm. the one who's got that issue. So I'm going to sit back here, and I'm going to drink my coffee, and you, you know, dance along and, and go. Yeah. And this for me is amazing. This idea that somebody has an issue in a marriage. I'm sorry. If your wife has a problem, you both have a problem. Yeah. If your husband has a problem, you both have a problem. Mm. That's just reality. So this idea of they need to fix it, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. You know, if, if one of the people in the marriage has, has a hassle, if it implodes, there's mess on everyone. Mm. So if there's, a, if there's an issue, you both have an issue. And so you both need to navigate it and you both need to come head on and, and deal the issue, not each other, deal with the issue. Um, and if you need help in that, get the help. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I think I think that's so important, and the vulnerability side of it is just going. This is an issue. Yeah. You know, I think the thing with vulnerability as well is it is so hard to be the first person to be vulnerable. Yeah. Especially when you've maybe gone years with a disconnect between you. Yeah. You've maybe glossed over situations for years, and it's it's hard, but somebody. Somebody has to be vulnerable first. Yeah, that's, that's true. the hard thing. Somebody has to come and sit down and and open up their yeah. heart. And the hard thing about opening up your heart is you don't know what's going to happen. No, it's like trust. You know, if you lose yeah. trust, the only way to get trust back is to trust. So somebody has to, has to trust. Yeah. Um, I think what is so important in these situations is, and we're talking about husbands and wives, and there's this usually there's there's kids involved in the, in these situations and. And I think what is very important, if, if you don't want to own your stuff and say, oh, you know, I don't want to own it right now, I don't want to deal with it right now, um, it's not just your stuff anymore. Yeah. It's everyone's stuff. And if you don't own it, you know, there's a, an analogy that um, so Danny Silk made reference to when something happened in a, in a church context and uh, it's, uh, it's yeah. like painters being thrown. Yeah. You know, if something happens with the husband or something happens with the wife, whatever, in that context, Paint is being spilt, and it's not just on you. Yeah. It goes on your spouse, it goes on your kids, it goes on your extended family, mm-hmm. it goes on your friends. And not to say that now you sort of like I'm pressured into fixing it because of them. No, this is we don't live in isolation. No. And for the very least, and I'm not saying that people should stay together for their kids and stay together in horrible marriages for their kids, but I'm saying you're now in a marriage, you're in a family. It's not just you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you don't feel comfortable being vulnerable or owning your stuff. Somebody at some point is going to have to own your stuff. Yeah. And it's a little bit of an unfair burden to place it on your kids to say, well, now I wasn't going to own my stuff, so I'm going to pass this gift down to my kids. Mm. So now they now need to own my stuff as well as their stuff. Um, yeah, because guaranteed your kids are going to come out with their own stuff. Yes. That they're going to have to take responsibility yes. so for their, at their, some their point. bags and your bags. And we just want them to have one set of bags. Yeah. Just these. These. So I think all this... Just to really hit home the point that we need to own our stuff as the parents and the adults in, the, in, in family. Because at the end of the day, the men, this is a mental health thing. Really. Yeah, Let's absolutely. not skirt around it. This is a mental health thing. And we need to take responsibility for our, our mental health. Yeah. And typically, as, as the parents in a family, your mental health really sets the bar yeah. for the mental health of the family. And we need to take responsibility for that because it's it really helps to protect the rest of the people in our family awesome so we're gonna end it off there and just to really encourage anybody who's listening that if this time is showing gaps 
if it's magnifying the cracks that were already there and you're struggling to deal with them or it's just impacting your marriage, impacting your family more, don't wait. See if you can work it out together and if not, get hold of somebody who can help guide you, navigate you as a couple, as an individual through this. It's it's not something to, to be ashamed of. It's not something to be shy around. We all have stuff. Yeah. Some of us cover it better than others, but I guarantee you, even the, the most shiny, glow-in-the-dark individuals and couples have got stuff. There. Yeah, and I think for us especially, we, we're so passionate about the mental health of our family. Yeah. And we've always said we would do anything we can to help any one of us in, in an area of mental health. So yeah. there's no shame in therapy. No, there's not. no shame in therapy for your marriage, therapy for your kids. It is actually one of the most healthiest things yeah. that we can do yeah. for our family Absolutely. to get us back on track if we need it. Yeah. So we encourage you in that. And we're going to end it there. And we're just so grateful for the time to have a conversation around this topic. Yeah. And we look forward to chatting to you again. Cheers for now.